presented by Baseline Times Media. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Shooter Pass podcast presented by Baseline Times Media. We are coming off the NBA All-Star Weekend. What a fabulous weekend. Uh, I'm joined today by DeMario, the good familiar face, my good friend. And we actually have a nice new uh, co-host. I guess we can call her co-host now, right? Because uh, she's a part of Baseline Times Media. I've been wanting to bring her on so many episodes ago, but today's the day. I think it's a perfect timing here. Uh, Shannon, how are you doing today? Doing well, finally here. Let's go. Second half of the season for the Magic. Yeah, Shannon, this is the cool part about it. There's actually another Magic fan that's like joining this whole, you know, nine yards of, of podcasting, and we kind of go through the suffering and pain together. I, yes, three yeah. Magic fans in the whole world. All play, <laughs> yeah. two, out, two out of the three are on this podcast. I like that. Uh, <laughs> Don't oh, worry. Our, our, days, our best days are ahead. We're in a good, in a good situation. Yeah, that's that's all you could do at this point, and you know, wish for those great draft picks. But uh, Shannon, you know, just kind of introduce yourself. You kind of gave us a little taste of you know what team you root for, but uh, you know, just kind of a little bit about yourself, where you're from, you know, what what kind of players you like watching growing up. What about uh your current favorite players besides you know Magic players? Um, well, I started in high school. I went to Wakaiva High School, Edgewater, played basketball, soccer, flag football. So just always into sports. Um. You know, some I like the Jets football. That's my favorite team. Ooh. Go Jets. Um, I like soccer as well, English Premier League. I watch that a lot. Uh, I used to like LeBron. He's my favorite player, but uh, kind of feeling. I like Westbrook now. I like players that, you know, work hard, competitive every game, you know, go hard, attack the basket. That's kind of like my guy. But LeBron... I don't really like what's been coming out with him and his different teammates and what people have to say about him. But I mean, he's a good guy. He gives back to the community. He's always positive, but I like Westbrook. What's funny is that I didn't know you, you were such a LeBron guy uh, or gal, excuse me. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> putting you together with DeMar, actually, is a, I guess that's a good uh, little mixture here today. We're going to have a lot, a lot of LeBron love, um, even for myself, to be honest with you. Uh, so yeah, on this show, we'll, we'll kind of get into a little all-star review there. And thank you again, Shannon, for joining us. Uh, she'll, she'll definitely kind of be a familiar voice coming down the road here, uh, towards the end of the season. And we're looking forward to the playoffs with you as well. Uh, a female voice. I know, you know, Demar and myself have been the primary voices of this show, but, uh, we're glad to have you here. Uh, so again, I love it. yeah, I love it. we, we, we I love definitely... it 100%. I even told my mom, shout out to my mom. I know she's like, always listen my mom was like it's about time y'all get some flavor on that show so i'm like all right thanks mom <laughs> Shout out to someone here to kind of switch it up huh yeah exactly. we, we need some yeah female presence uh you know like like anything in life uh when it comes to, to men but anyways we're a different story here we'll get back to basketball uh all-star we can review uh we'll get into a little bit about uh, of course you know lebron's weekend and, and some of some of the things off the court uh especially Taking a brief second here for once in our lives, we'll probably get a little bit political on the show. Um, you know, sometimes DeMario gets on his little rants and expect that to come soon. Uh, the Hall of Fame class of 2018 was announced, so we'll get into our thoughts about that and also kind of setting you guys up for our second half of the season. I guess the unofficial second half, the last 30 games of the season and our, our thoughts about that and what's about to go down. But um, Shannon, DeMario, uh, how, how do you guys feel about this national anthem last night? I mean, it was terrible. I, I mean, I could not wait for it to end with all the people that they have in L.A. I mean, Fergie, yes, she's <laughs> from L.A., but yeah, Mario, what's up with that? those players, they kept it together for the most part because, you know, being on national TV, that was just bad. So that was a here's like the here, here's like the bad thing is that this is L.A., like Los Angeles. There's so many talented just you know, high school choirs and talented kids, and you decide to go with Fergie. Like, I mean, I was so confused. I understand that she's from L.A., but, I mean, she's just not the person for this. And it was really bad. And what's, in a, in like, in a, really, in a really weird way, it was a bit of more of a disrespect to the National Anthem. I feel like Fergie last night was 100% more disrespectful than anything that Colin Kaepernick has ever done. <laughs> like, 100%. Like, that was... You know it was bad when, 
you know, women who don't even watch the NBA were texting me like, oh, my God, did you see that Fergie perform? Like, that's when you know something's really bad or really good. Like, you know, like the halftime for the Super Bowl, Justin Timberlake, everybody watches it for just for that or whatever. But people were texting me. People were blowing me up all day long. Like, wow, this Fergie thing was bad. And she's the new meme, you know, for like, you know, the last couple of days of February. Uh, it, I mean, it was terrible. Disrespectful. It just was trash, straight up. And I, mean, I feel bad for her because, I mean, it's one of those things where you're like, hey, you know, she's been going through like, the divorce, um, uh, like you know, like the divorce and everything. I read something and it said something like, I guess her, um, I guess her ex husband took her vocals or something in the divorce settlement, or I don't know. They were being petty online, but it was terrible. I mean, I saw something today where she tweeted that she tried her best. I mean, I don't know what her concept, her idea, what you know, what was her plan for that, but it was just terrible. You, like, was- you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of like you know, like when I mean. I mean, especially for for me, like in a guy, like right, like I'll see like a good looking girl at a bar. So I'll in my mind, I play like kind of like hitch to where I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go up to her and I'm gonna say, hey, how's it going? And then the minute I walk over to her, I trip, fall, knock over her beer, break herself. It was one of those like, like that was so bad. Everything that could have possibly went wrong with it went wrong. And probably in her head, she thought this. Rend- is gonna kill it but no i mean the minute she started walking up slowly towards the mic i knew it was gonna be a disaster (laughs) she she did say she said that uh today quote i'm a risk taker artistically but clearly this rendition didn't strike the intended tone Uh, i love this country and honestly i tried my best um so yeah yeah she's saying she tried her best um i I mean (laughs) i don't see us fully being disrespectful to (laughs) the flag of course you know that's the joke going around today uh, but you guys are absolutely right. We're we're in LA, man. Like, dude, what's what's good, man? What? I mean, I know she's probably trying to make a comeback on her own and everything, but it was just too much. It was just bad. She's that looking was a little uh, wrong place, wrong time, kind little, of situation. A little heavier yeah. these days too. Uh, yeah, agreed. delicious. Yeah. Definitely not for delicious. <laughs> Definitely yeah, Fergie. Yeah, she, yeah uh, you know, like uh, what did Kanye say? My ex told me uh, I gave her the best lyrics of my life. I, you know, saw a recent picture. I guess she was right. I know Josh <laughs> Jumel or whatever. I know he's looking back like, wow, I like dodged that bullet right there. But hopefully she can bounce back. I won't lie. I love a lot of her catchy pop songs. Yeah. I won't even front. Like I've jammed out to Fergie Licious, you know, all about a lot of her, you know, pop bangers. So hopefully she can use this as some type of, you know, fuel as she comes out with like, nice summer banger but absolutely. last night was terrible. absolutely um so beyond that uh so a little bit of a, a terrible start to the whole all-star sunday uh but overall i mean honestly this is the way i feel about the weekend uh i, I think the weekend was great it was a nice production overall from the nba especially from everything from where adam Stil- silver was backing braun kd uh the obvious tie of black panther man in this all-star weekend and just the culture that was promoted within this All-Star Weekend was great. Um, I want to rant and rave about that, but also at least a little bit about uh, the slam dunk contest I thought was, eh, it was all right. It was all right to me. I wasn't too wasn't too hot on it. I think Don, Donovan Mitchell was one of my guys. I think he was going to take and run away with it. Um, if I can do the dunks, it's not a good contest. Absolutely. I, I totally agree. I think this horrible. Aaron Gordon. I feel like Donovan Mitchell won by default because Aaron Gordon was injured, which is kind of funny because that's his replacement, but it no. just was, I don't know. I mean, I always like a lot of these contests just for the fact that like I do play basketball and I'm not like nowhere near NBA level, but all these dunks, I'm like, I can do a lot of these dunks and I'm pretty, I'm pretty washed at 31 years old. I'm pretty washed right now. You know, I have 24 hour hangovers. I'm not the player who I used to be. And I'm, and like, I'm watching this and I'm like, okay, I can do that one. Okay. I can do that one. I could do that one. It just seemed, it just wasn't good. Dennis, like, you know, what's it? Uh, Dennis Smith Jr. He was a huge letdown. Uh, I, I felt yes. like Larry Nance was like pretty creative. He did a lot better uh, than what I thought. I felt like his, his one, when he went off the glass and kind of, you know, hit it against the backboard. I felt like that was pretty cool, but I, I mean, honestly, going into it with the lineups of all the guys before the all-star weekend, I was really looking forward to it. Cause but most of these guys, they're really game dunkers. Like, exactly. oh, um, they're not really creative. If you're going to put a guy in a dunk contest, I want to see, like, DeMario DeRozan or someone like that. 
um, out there who's from like LA and make it more exciting. But That's I mean, true. they did a good job yeah. selecting the lineup. Um, but these guys, they, you know, they just didn't bring it. Um, even last year with Aaron Gordon missing a few dunks, those dunks last year were better than this year. So it's, yeah. it's fun. it was kind of disappointing. Like, I feel like growing up, and I always bring this up, like, I was there in 2000 with the Vince Carter, like, in Oakland. I was there, like, witnessed it live. And what was dope about those dunks is those were one take. There was no Birdman 15, 20 opportunity. Like, the year that Nate Robinson won, and he missed every single dunk, and kind of – were it, it was one take. And I feel like nowadays, uh, like, a lot of these guys – they miss so many dunks and it's kind of like, oh, it's like a letdown. Like, it's like, oh, cool. You got it on like your fourth, opera. like, you know, like, you know, uh, like, you know um, on your fourth try. Uh, I don't know. The dunk contest, it's hit or miss. Next year, hopefully Gordon and Zach are back. And then you bring in like a Donovan Mitchell and hopefully, you know, Smith Jr. Or some new high flyer from, you know, this year's rookie class. And hopefully they kind of bring it back. Absolutely. Uh, after the dunk contest, or actually, I should say, before the dunk contest, uh, Devin Booker took away the three point contest. I, I didn't really didn't see that one. Uh, Eric Gordon disappointed me. Um, the skills challenge and B kind of sort of like kind of sort of cheated. Three point contest. They've definitely had a late night. It's no way like guys like Paul George is only you know giving you four buckets. I feel like that was a, the biggest disappointment probably to the NBA. Those guys definitely went out, you know, the night before. The The performance was very, very terrible. I thought so. And a lot of the guys, I and mean, you, you think a guy like Clay Thompson, you know, he did pretty well. That was a given. Uh, Tobias Harris actually surprised me a little bit. Um, I didn't yeah. think he'd get past the first round. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think the, you know, a little bit of the production, like the guys that you thought were going to kind of kick it out there and just bang out some threes. There was a yeah. lot of air balls, a lot of a lot of miss iron, <laughs> and a lot guys. of those guys are actually from LA. So I mean, you expect that. I mean, maybe if they were somewhere like Wisconsin or somewhere, but all everybody party Saturday. Wow. Saturday was Friday was crazy in LA. Like it was insane. Everybody and their mother was out to like six, seven o'clock in the morning, going hard. Like all those players were out. It's LA again. It's LA. Like just like you said, if it was. This was like Wisconsin, or this was Iowa, North Dakota, or something. Then yeah, but you come to LA, you're here to party, and that's what kind of sucks. I feel like that was a or like a like a really big letdown for me as like a ambassador of the league, and I feel like the NBA is the future. I feel like it just was kind of like a letdown because you because you can see these players were sluggish, like they just were out there like uh, going through the motions, all hungover, not really like playing like they should be. Yeah, yeah. I, it was it was a it was a little disappointing there. Eric Gordon, my guy, that's my guy, man. <laughs> that was my guy. Um, yeah, the skills challenge there and Embiid uh, didn't come through for me. Kind of cheated a little bit there and still got beaten by Markinen. Um, but shout out to uh, Dinwiddie, man. He took the W on that skills challenge. Um, I want to see him thrive. I want to see him. Yeah, I mean, it sucks that D'Lo came back because he was balling this year. Hopefully. I mean, they're game. still playing them together. They play. Yeah. He comes in and he he played a even ending the season and they played against New Orleans. He did a good job trying to close the game out. I love when like those underrated for me. I'm a really big fantasy you know guy, obviously, and like I love when those when those underrated gems like him they get love and they become not household names, but people actually knows who they are. It's like really dope, like to see him working his ass off to you know getting into the rotation. So. You know, hopefully if they don't like re-sign him or something, he signs with a team next year. I just hope that he doesn't, you know, do what most players do and they get comfortable after they sign that big contract and stop working. Like, uh, you got to work still. You got to work. Well, one of the things uh, from our last podcast, Mario, and, and and also with Friday night is uh, Jamal Murray, man. I thought he, he had a really nice game uh, for Team World. And... um I love that guy. That was a that was actually a decent game to watch. I mean, that was the team a fun world game. was really was really on the, it. The world team proves what AAU, what high school, what Americans, what we're lacking. All we are is dunks and flash. That world team proved that is all it was. The fundamentals that, was not I mean, this is a good thing for scouts though, because a lot of people are saying some of these European players are going too quick and I mean too high in the first round and stuff. So this is just a testament. To show everybody, like some of these guys really do deserve a chance because they're very skilled players um, that get overlooked. And even sometimes when 
you you know you watch videos of these guys people are seeing like with march madness we get caught up into our players the players over here in college duke and kentucky but some of those guys are very overrated the european players they're coming in with the full skill set shooting passing you know just all the simple things and they just build on that and they just become unstoppable and it shows in the world team. They were outscoring them. You're, you're speaking to me right now. I, I Like when I watched that game, I thought, man, when I have Derek Jeter Jackson, my little prodigy son, I'm definitely going to teach him the fundamentals. I mean, it's one thing to be able to dunk and to be able to do all these fancy things. But these players are just setting a simple screen, a backdoor screen, yeah. like three or four passes, the extra pass. Mm-hmm. And Team USA, I mean, I mean, they this, this is all stuff that Colby have been trying to preach over the years with younger players, you know, yep. um, trying to bring that excitement so early on instead of learning how to do the simple things and just the basic fundamentals of, of basketball. So I know somebody like him is probably very happy, uh, especially since Giannis even wants to work with him this summer. So even, you know, if everyone's just seeing like, yeah, these European guys, you know, they're the real deal. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, that game was – I mean, it was fun. It, I mean, it just was fun seeing – the American guys get so happy for like a fast break dunk, but they're down by 30. <laughs> yeah, I, I, especially at the end of the game. You know, they threw in some nice yeah. dunks down. I was like, ah, but you're getting your ass whooped by like 40 points at this point. So, yeah, you know. Um, and now we see why a team like Denver is winning right now. Yeah. 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 Denver, Denver, they're, like, they're going to be scary in about a year or two. They have a man with, with Gabby Harris. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Gary Harris, uh, like, you know, my boy Jamal Murray, Joker is like a beast. You know, they're like, you know, they're like a small forward away from being like extremely competitive. And what's dope about their team is that they're competing right now. Millsap still hasn't played a lot. So it'll be interesting to see when Millsap comes back. He's on their team. So, yeah, yeah. I I literally, I completely forgot he was on their team until Friday night. (laughs) My buddy was like, yeah, they're going to have Millsap back. And I'm like, oh, yep. my God, I forgot about Paul. Like, man, that guy's been out. There's a reason why he signed a contract over there. So, uh, you know, um, no, that, that was it was a fun game to watch Team World. Um, uh, also, with the celebrity game, Quavo takes the MVP. Uh, sorry, Bieber. Couldn't repeat uh, in L.A. Um, but let, let's talk about Sunday night because Sunday night, Sunday night did present a new format, guys. Uh, and, you know, gentlemen and lady here. Uh, so... I, what, what I would want to do is rant and rave about it uh, in a sense of I, I absolutely loved it, first of all. Like, this was cool. And, like, the thing that gives me chills even to this point right now and, like, makes me almost want to cry tears of joy <laughs> was just seeing LeBron and Kyrie, Russ and KD um, and down the stretch there. Uh, not, and not, you know, even all the stuff behind, you know, the scenes and, you know, the, the before the game, chopping up. That's cool. But, like, I mean, these guys were out there actually balling to get a W at the end of the game, man. And like that was like one of the most incredible moments uh that I remember about remember about this all-star game. And the opportunity only happened because the format changed, right? Um, I mean, there's a chance you could have had uh Kyrie and Braun versus Russ and KD, but hell, why not have all four of them on one team? I mean, that's something we how I many I don't know if we can ever see that ever again, you know, depending on how next year goes. Um, I, I don't know if you guys felt the same way, but I love the format. I think it was I great. Was hyped. I loved it. What I loved about it is that it seemed like it was a lot more competitive. Like, I feel like just for the fact that it wasn't like an East versus West, it was like, this is a LeBron's team and this is Steph's team. I feel yeah. like the players were really out there, really trying. Like, there was, uh, I believe, before halftime when they stole the ball uh, from James Harden, when they had like a full court press in an all-star game. Like, some defense when Paul George stole it. And... I'm sitting there at the bar watching it, like, just like, man, this is so much fun right now. Like, this is what it used to be before they stopped playing defense, like, you know, for, like, the last decade or so. So I had a lot of fun watching it. I feel like the Sunday night didn't let me down for the first time in about a decade or so. So I was extremely happy. Larger, I agree. Shin, how do you feel about this format? The only good thing about this format is just like you said, you know, you get to see different lineups that we probably would never see. So it's just creative in that way. I feel like on the back end side of it, though, I don't feel like guys are competing. Like if they knew this was the West and East, I feel like they would compete a little bit harder. But it's like I'm playing for Team LeBron or teams, you know, looking at as I don't feel like they're looking at it in a competitive way i mean for the fans and everything it's good because you get to see different lineups but 
um, I was kind of bored in the the first half, you know, compared to the old format. So I don't know if it's guys just not going as hard because it's just team stuff and, you know, and maybe for first time players, it's, you know, you don't, you kind of want to enjoy in your moment. It, I don't know. So, but I mean, for fans, it's a good look and, you know, you kind of look at it as a, a pickup basketball game, I guess, with your favorite players playing with the KD and Westbrook, but I don't feel like the first half was competitive. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree. Like the first half, I mean, the first half are usually always like wash, like just kind of like, uh, and then the second half, but I feel like the fourth quarter was exciting. Like I remember at one point team LeBron was down by, I believe like 13 or so, it was like 133 mm-hmm. uh, to 120. And then they went on that crazy, uh, you know, little scoring, uh, like, you know, a little binge. And it just was fun just to see LeBron and KD like, on the same team. And it yeah. was fun, to, you know, to see players that you only get a chance to see this every couple of years in the Olympics. So that was extremely fun for me. And that's my point. You know, we, we'd hardly ever, ever see this. Every four years, we'd have to wait to see something like this. And then now we're actually getting to see it, you know, almost every year if this continues. Uh, for me, like the third quarter is parts of that. They, there was a one point where, you know, Team Braun had the entire bench. And I was like, all right, you know what? Uh, I'm going to check – you know, I'm gonna check in uh, when LeBron gets back in. Those guys, and you know, the fourth quarter. I think it happened around nine or six minutes left in the fourth quarter, where they really squatted up. You know, with um, you know, Westbrook and uh, KD, Braun, Kyrie, and I think Paul George was that last one that fin- kind of finished out the game with those guys. Um, that no, but that that's absolutely fun to watch. Just when those guys get together, yeah, I feel like a little boring. I, I, not to knock Steph Curry, but he did kind of sit in between a little too much, and then. He did finally kind of get back in the game as a captain. But you could clearly tell that LeBron, as the captain, was like, yo, this is my team I picked. I'm going to be out here, and we're going to make shit happen. And that's the problem. Not every NBA player has the mindset and competitiveness of LeBron. Had yep. that been Westbrook's team instead of, te- you know, it would have been different. That's what that's I'm true. saying. That's it's true. Like, I could agree with that, yeah. that leadership like LeBron. Not everyone has LeBron. That. Maybe have a, a, a Chris Paul or Westbrook likes to win. He shows you every night consistently. But someone like Steph, he, even though he's a good player, I feel like without Kevin Durant, it's just the, the heart and competitive. A lot of guys don't have that in the NBA anymore. And that's what Westbrook's talking about, even though Embiid likes to have this whole stroll or whatever every night where he kind of like messes with different players as he's going against. It's not real trash talk a lot of these guys are just there just to be there they're not competitive so unless you're like a Westbrook you know I want to see a captain like that but other than that you know you're gonna get stuff like with Steph guys just kind of doing whatever and just happy to be in the moment kind of situation I agree Steph is way too passive absolutely one Steph's the kind of guy like he he balls, but it's not that, like, I mean, I feel like on that level of actually people who really, really have that mentality, it's, it's Westbrook, it's LeBron. I can see it a little bit more in KD now. And, like, that's really it. A lot of the other players, like, I mean, even if James Harden was the captain, it'd be like, oh, it's cool. Like, LeBron really, really, really wanted to win. And everything. Yeah, really wanted to win. I mean, so even I, though I totally he's LeBron. He, he still won for point. 29 last night and, and you know, eight assists. It's just like he didn't have to do that. This guy needs to rest and, you know, bring his team to the finals. But he just has that competitive spirit. And it's like he scored the most points out of both teams. So just to show you, like, he's just very competitive. He always I, wants to win. I, I can agree with the notion in a sense of com- competitiveness there and what you're referencing. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Shannon. If there's a different captain, <laughs> I can see the ball game. Steph Curry, by the way, opened up the second half with eating a box of popcorn on the bench, man. Like, yeah. all right, cool. It's like you don't like, you don't realize like Team LeBron's out there trying to win, guys. Granted that, I mean, you're up 13 points in the fourth quarter, but everybody knows it's an All Star game. Like, the shit's not gonna go this way. Like, where you're gonna blow them out by 20 points? Absolutely not. Like, we all know this. You know, once Team Braun squads up, <laughs> it's over, right? Um, and, and the beautiful part about LeBron was everybody kind of got a piece of the cake there you, 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 down the stretch. Paul George hit a couple threes. Uh, remember that KD to Westbrook, that and one um, that he had. Uh, yep. Then you had you know Bron Bron with the step back three man. Kyrie with a couple drives to the bucket. Uh, I know he missed a layup, but it was tipped in. Uh, I think by KD. I can't remember who it was, but it was just like an all around team effort. And at the end, what made the difference? That defense on Steph. So it was like, yo, we're making a statement. We're coming out here and playing a defensive statement. 
I, I don't know. It was it was it was a great ending. It was awesome, man. That was a good. That was a great All Star game. I think I think overall, even from like looking over Twitter and just the reactions from everybody, people enjoyed this game. Yeah, because yeah, it wasn't like two hundred points, and it wasn't just no defense. Like the very end of the game was straight lockup defense on both ends of the court, and I loved it. Yeah, maybe next year if they decide to record like everything, it'll kind of build up the momentum going into Sunday and we'll be more excited to see, you know. But other than that, it just seems like a little pickup game. But I think they need to record the draft. That would be pretty cool for everybody to see. And so guys can get excited. And, you know, I mean, just to make it a little bit more something for us to look forward to, I I feel like if it was recorded, it would have been a little bit more exciting for Sunday. Yeah, yeah, I do agree. That's, that was the next thing to kind of get to here. You know, Adam Silver kind of basically hinted to it. He's like, looks like, you know, we're going to do a live draft next year. And I think that would be really cool, man, um, just to really experience that. I mean, you know, me and Damar, we talked about this all the time, um, especially in the last, you know, few episodes with the process here of the All-Star. It was like, hey, look, we want to see this, man. Screw egos. Look, if you pick last, you're last. There's 24 other guys. You know who's picked last. You know it's like Al Horford, Lamarcus Aldridge. There's no disrespect. <laughs> yeah, you're still, it's, making, it's, you're still, still an all-star over, you know, 24 guys. Yeah, you're in still league. making in the world. million dollars a year. You're still, a, you know, you, you're still making so much money to do what you love. It's you're not going like to a get a cut for winning. <laughs> yeah, you know, so, yeah, I mean, I'm 100% down for it. You know, that'll be fun to kind of have that, you know, like on like a Thursday night, a nice little draft. Absolutely. Uh, that, that absolutely that'd be definitely fun uh but no it was an overall great all-star weekend thank you uh adam silver i think you know a lot of credit does go to not you know not just only him but also the players that are participating you know uh, steph braun for making it you know at least happen um but just his direction and progressiveness um in the league um and, and you know kind of segueing into you know with adam silver and his comments uh demar you said this you know before the show and also today was that you know lebron had just a great weekend not just on the court but off the court and, um, you know, Adam Silver was very big in his uh, support for Kevin Durant and LeBron James, uh, you know, backing them and, and, you know, at least giving them the green light to say, hey, it's okay to use the platform and, and I support you guys 100%. All this stems from Fox News and Laura Ingram's comments of LeBron James and then Kevin Durant interview. Uh, they did a little interview uh, as a part of a promotion with Uber um, and... um you know, her comments for, as you guys know, was just to shut up and dribble as she uh, kind of faded out from the topic. Um, and LeBron, you know, his comments is, you know, I no, I'm not going to just shut up and dribble. And we, we talked about this for the, before the show, right? DeMario, Shannon, we said LeBron's a great guy. LeBron, he's, he's given opportunities to, to kids, uh, scholarships, things like that. He, he gives back to his city. And you're telling a guy that does this to just shut up and dribble. Um you know, Demar, did you want to just continue on with your rant that you were going on to today? At least the reason, this? the reason why she's saying this is because for years we watched Michael Jeffrey Jordan do nothing. Michael Jeffrey Jordan was a sellout to the community, was a sellout to Chicago, was a sellout to little black boys and girls and little boys of color and and all over the world for years. Michael Jordan never spoke out about anything. Kobe Bryant never spoke out about anything. All they cared about was green. And all they care about was lining their pockets. And they didn't want to affect that Nike check. But LeBron, unlike any of them, he's self-made. He put all his best friends through school. He then created the clutch sports with his best friends, with his day ones. You know, no off-the-court scandals. Has committed $41, I'm sorry, $41 million to send uh, 1,000-plus Akron students to college. Spends $1 million a year on certain programs. Great father, literally, like, is the definition of what a human being should be. And for her to say that, it just proves that she doesn't know anything about what LeBron Ramon James has done and will continue to do. Like, I always say, LeBron might go down as one of the greatest players, if not the greatest player in NBA history, but I think he's a greater human than basketball player. Like, 100%. The things that he's spoken out, like, he actually had uh, spoke to – a lot of the TNT guys after last night's game. And he was saying that nothing was greater for when he looked down and he looked at Bill Russell and he looked at Kareem and he remembers them speaking out when they came up. But for some reason, once the eighties came and once all that money started to come, a lot of the NBA players and a lot of sports players in general, they stopped standing for something. Like there was a time where Bill Russell, there was a time where Jim Brown, there was a time where Hank Aaron, Jackie Robinson, these players actually spoke out, but then that endorsement money came. And basically, a lot of these companies were like, look, we're going to give you this money, but you're going to have to shut up. 
And finally, you have players that are like, no, fuck that. They're speaking out. So shout out to LeBron. Shout out to KD. And shout out to other players who will continue to speak out and not hold their tongue like Michael, like Kobe, and like previous, you know, years players have done. And I mean, it's a good thing for someone like LeBron. You know, he has a very big platform. Um, I mean, he's one of the greatest basketball players. So for him to constantly speak up and kind of like, you know, bring up the conversations that nobody really want to bring up, especially in the NBA where they have like rules kind of to kind of, you know, keep players from doing certain things. He still, you know, uses his platform. And I feel like that's the, for people like her, you know, it, it's just this scary thing. Like, yeah, this is LeBron James. If someone has a black platform and if he's saying this, it's almost as if, you know, obviously they don't want us to have these conversations. So that's why it's like shut up and dribble because, you know, stick to basketball. Let's not have these conversations. They don't want us to speak up. So I, I think it's really great that LeBron continues to kind of like, you know, speak up being that he is LeBron James. And it just says a lot about who he is as a player and a person on and off the basketball court. So, I mean, yeah, I love it. Yeah, that was beautiful. Uh, you know, like another cool thing is seeing, you know, especially as an African-American man, seeing another African-American man who has this crazy platform on TV with his wife and with his children. Like that was beautiful for years. I actually was talking to my pop about this yesterday. We had like a great talk and my pop was like, yeah, you know, it kind of, you know, it's disheartening because for years, African-American African -American fathers have just been like the, like, I mean, we're just, I mean, they're just, they get no love in the press and in the media. And it's like, they're all deadbeats. They're all this, they're all that. So for me, it was really cool watching this man win the MVP and having his wife and having his, you know, three children all there with him. He's kind of like, he goes against everything that we've been brainwashed in the thinking that African-American men are, you know, Absolutely. like everything as far as like, He's speaking out on injustices. He's actually risking probably putting some money on the line. Like, you know, I'm pretty sure there's a few people that are on the phone right now that are like, man, we might have to cut ties with this guy because this guy's starting to become, you know, too political. But he doesn't care about that. And he has his children and his wife out there. So that was just beautiful. I'm sitting there watching at the bar like, man, this is dope. This is the definition of Black excellence. It's the definition of, like, this is like Black history. We're literally watching history right now. We're watching a player who in 20, 30 years, I think LeBron will be known as a better human than basketball player. I always say that, and I always think that's 100% true. Absolutely. I agree with you. I mean, and this is someone that has been with his wife, you know, they've been together since high school. So it says a lot about his character as a man, as a person, especially known athletes and, you know, their whole, what they're known for. Like, just imagine everything that he had to kind of ignore. Oh, yeah, 100%. Well, in overall, it was a political, you know, message or if it's just being involved. And now he is involved, right? So it's like a, a political thing. Now, now he's involved because you called out his name and called out the interview. Uh, and that's the biggest thing, Demar, is that we've noticed that LeBron, LeBron isn't afraid to step, you know, into the world of politics or make comments about it. And then people are going to say what they want to say and this and that. It's You know what? I... I I'm glad at that uh, I have found a way to like LeBron in my lifetime uh, and the second half of his career uh, because uh, there's, there's absolutely anybody who's out there. And look, I'm going to rant and rave in a second for the NBA. Like anybody who's out there, this weekend the NBA just represented, like I want to say they're probably just represented as one of the best uh, sports leagues in, in the world. And and I say that because even even with FIFA, uh, football, soccer, whoever you want to look at it, you know the couple was it last year, the year before the, the, the allegations of corruption. Thus far, we 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 joke all the time and we say the the game is rigged, but thus far there's nothing like that in the NBA. Uh, they the, the league was represented with class this weekend. Uh, people are gonna talk about the halftime show. Some girl comes out of the car and starts shaking her ass. This and that. This is what our kids are watching. Okay, your kids are watching far worse on youtube okay far worse in movies far worse on you know netflix that you guys have given access to so for you know for anything else the nba was just absolutely represented with some class this weekend and you know part of that is just because of what lebron james is doing what you guys just said what demar described about the difference between him and jordan absolutely i think that the biggest difference the nba is right there at the top um so Thank you so much um, to everybody 
<laughs> LeBron, Adam Silver, thank you guys. And also when it comes down to, uh, you know, the comparison of just sports here in general within the United States, football has a long way to go. The NFL has a long, long way to go. Uh, you know, they're dealing with concussions. They're dealing with uh, representation of um, the players fairly and also, you know, the kneeling situation. All that has been handled so terrible by Roger Goodell. And I'm just glad that my sport that, that I love is in the right direction. 100%. I, I, I mean, well said. That's my exact thoughts, like in my feelings, 100%. I'm so happy that the sport that I love the most, they, you know, like it's for, like, you know, for the people. You know, like it, 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 it's not about Adam Silver. He's encouraging his players to speak out. And the NFL, it's totally different. And baseball is totally different. And I think because the majority of the players in the NBA are African-American, a lot of them are like a lot urban. So it's a lot different. And they are speaking for the people. And it literally brings me, you know, so much joy to see the two best players in the league taking a stance and speaking out. That's incredible. And I mean, on behalf of, uh, you know, with Adam Silver, I think it's a good thing that what happened in the NFL and how, how they kind of put together to let guys know, like, you know, this is not going to happen in the NBA. We're going to hold you guys accountable if, you know, if it's any protesting and basketball players have done a really good job in not doing any of that. And I think it's good to see when, you know, they're kind of tested, how he kind of supports them and let them know, yeah, we're holding you guys accountable for your own actions, but at the same time, we're still going to support you. So I think that's good. Um, you know, c compared to the NFL, you know, players and coaches, I mean, they didn't have that. So I think it's, yeah, we're holding you guys accountable, but we're still going to support you and, you know, and what you believe and, and all that good stuff. So I think it's a good look from the NBA. 100%. All right. Switching gears here back to uh, focus on ball. Uh, the 2018 Hall of Fame class announced, uh, headlined by Jason Kidd, Steve Nash, Ray Allen, uh, Grant Hill, Chris Webber, Mo Cheeks also made the cut there from some of the familiar NBA faces. How do you guys feel about this class going forward? I'm excited. Uh, it breaks my heart because it makes me feel a lot older once again. I'm so washed right now, especially because I can honestly say that I watched these. I mean, I remember the timeout. Chris Webber, North Carolina, being like a diehard Tar Heels fan. Uh, you know, I remember Jason Kidd with like the, you know, funky blonde hair. I actually remember going to go watch Jason Kidd in high school because he was selling out where Cal was playing in high school and Cal couldn't do that as a college. I remember watching like all these players coming up. Growing up in the Bay Area, uh, Chris Webber, a part of those crazy Kings teams. Uh, I remember watching, you know, my boy Chris Webber and just, it's just very cool to see players that I, you know, love that I, you know, grew up imitating and whatnot, you know, getting that, you know, that high honor, uh, you know, Ray Allen, Jesus Shuttlesworth, like, are, like, are you serious? Then you get the OG, like Mo Cheeks. Why did it take so long for him to get in? And what's like that? Cause I know in the, like, I know in the MLB, I know after like a certain amount of years, you get off the ballot. So in the NFL, so the NBA, is that different? Cause it seems kind of weird. I mean, I feel like Mo Cheeks retired like a thousand years ago. I mean, I guess it just depends on who they want to kind of uh, nominate for that year. I mean, oh, okay, yeah, because I was a little confused. I was like, huh, Mo Cheeks? But yeah, I mean, yeah. congratulations. Me, um, just seeing Tina Thompson and Katie Smith on the list, I mean, in basketball, women in basketball, Tina Thompson is like the face of the WNBA. Like, Katie Baller. Smith, these are the women who, like, you know, the first, she's like the first round pick you know the first pick and she to see someone like her going in the hall of fame and katie smith who is now the coach for the new york liberty just to see like uh you know these two women when it comes to women's basketball you know they are like names that you want to bring up um just with coaching and just you know just to see that we're in a good space to move forward and we're kind of getting recognized it's it's a really good look so i kind of like all the nominees i think they did a good job with the nominations Tina Thompson, I always remember her red lipstick on the court. Like, <laughs> yeah. always remember her. Signature for, for the comments, yeah. I always remember her for the comments. Always. Like, her she. Her swoops. <laughs> her swoops. And then my girl, uh, 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 who was like the best player on the team? What was her name again? Uh, uh, I think Cynthia Cooper played. Cynthia with Cooper, Coop. That's who it was. Yeah. You know what's crazy is that, you know, I look back and 
when the WNBA started, a lot of the like the great players like Cooper, like, a lot of them were a lot older. It sucks that the WNBA didn't start yeah, earlier. A good thing that they're transitioning to the NBA to kind of like get that bigger role in sports. Like, you know, with Becky Hammond play, being an assistant coach for the Spurs, stuff like that makes That's me huge. so excited, you know, just to see us going up the ladder, not just as players, but as women in sports to be yeah. coaches or whatever. It's just, it's just a good thing. That's why the NBA is king. I feel like the NBA is king for just opportunities. You know, they're giving women opportunities. They're giving, you know, men of color. They're giving people from all walks of life. And it's just a beautiful thing for me. I'm really proud to say that this is like my favorite sport because I feel like we're so diverse and you're seeing things that other sports won't do. And it's just so dope. I love it. Exactly. As I, like I said, it's very progressive and, and Adam Silver, a, a lot, a lot of credit to him and the way he's kind of handled the league and taking over for Stern. So, you know, kudos to him again. Um, so uh, the, Finals should be announced around March Madness, they say. So we'll get that in about a month or so. Um, those finalists that make that go ahead and get inducted there. Um, and then we we still have about thirty games left for most of these teams in the NBA. And then then it's uh you know April and it's playoff time. And before you know it, we are crowning a champion in June. Uh, so Demario Shannon, uh, your second half of the season here. Um, coming up probably uh, I think a Thursday is when we kind of get kicked off again. Um. Uh, you know what? I really want to say I'm proud that um the thing that Houston I'm proud of Houston what they're doing this season, even with the James Harden injury for a couple weeks, with the Chris Paul out the first you know month or a couple months or so of the season. Look, I said this team would win 60 games, and they possibly are still on track to do so. Currently on a 10 game win streak here, uh, at top of the Western Conference. Uh, I mean, do I think they're a better team than Golden State? Nah, I think they're a little bit on par. I think they're about on par. Um, I was reading today that they are shooting about fifty-three percent of their shots. They're shooting are three-pointers. Uh, so they're on pace to basically outshoot themselves, um, from the two-point shot. <laughs> and yeah. um, and a big reason for the success. And and again, the the team that they have surrounded, you know, with James Harden, with um, Chris Paul, it's it's Ariza with his shot, Eric Gordon that we talked about so much. Um, Brian Anderson. I mean, they've got the right team there. Um, a little, you know, let's kind of start out west here, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Um, how do you guys feel about the Western Conference so far, the way it's shaped up, and and what what we can expect in the finish here? I love Houston. Um, just like you said, do I see them being Golden State? No, I don't. Golden State is, you know, Golden State. Uh, what I love about Houston is just like OKC and just like what Cleveland has done is they have those young, athletic, and not really like, I mean, I'm going to say young because Trevor Reese isn't young, but they have those wings who can D up. The, the, the beautiful thing about Golden State is that they play positionless basketball, like straight up. They can have in that Bell kid. They can have in Livingston. They can have in Steph, Clay, and Durant. And they all know all positions. It's, it, I mean, it's just beautiful, beautiful basketball. And what I love about Houston is they've started to kind of play that same way, the same thing with OKC when they bring in Ferguson and, you know, a lot of the other players. I think that it's going to be them 100%. You know, it's going to be like the one and two seed. I can see that series easily going seven. Uh, I don't see any other teams really threatening. I can see the first couple of, you know, series rounds, like playing pretty well. Uh, you know, basketball playoffs are always basketball playoffs. You're always going to have some some great dunks, some great highlights. But I think right now, just for the NBA I feel like that it's Golden State, Houston. You drop a couple of notches, and then that's when you kind of have that Cleveland, Toronto, you know, Boston teams. I totally, totally disagree. I like Houston, and I think um, I'm kind of surprised that they didn't try to pick up another big body. Because Capella, he's good down there, but I feel like he oftentimes he get into foul trouble a lot, and He's going to go against some of the best big guys coming up in the, you know, in the Western Conference playoff time. So I don't know if he's going to be able to hold up. If Houston would have got a little help down there, I would have, you know, feel a little bit more confident, which I still like them to be Golden State. I like the leadership in Chris Paul um, going up against Golden State. I feel like they match up really well. Dan Tony, he's an offensive kind of guy. I feel like scoring is, is something that they're going to get shots up. They got Gordon, you know. Everyone can score on, on Houston's team, just like Golden State. 
So I, I just want to see how Capella is going to kind of hold up down there. Because, um, you know, at that position, they have Nene, but he's, you know, he's kind of fallen off a little bit. If they would have got a younger, a big guy to help Capella, I would have felt, I would feel a lot more confident. But I definitely like Houston. I feel like they can get the job done versus Golden State. I don't think Golden State has that heart. Chris Paul, he really wants to win. James Harden, I mean, the guy's been trying to win MVP forever. I feel like these guys are going to go out there with a chip on their shoulder and they're going to really, really compete. And I mean, Golden State has the edge because they have Kevin Durant, but I feel like outside of that, these they really match up very well. And you can see that when they played early on in this, you know, just what, last month. Um, I mean, Houston controlled the game the whole time. And I don't even think, just their bench and, and everything, I, I think they can beat Golden State. And don't forget, uh, Houston, they also picked up Joe Johnson. They also right. got Brandon Wright as well, uh, you know, for like some backup. And I feel like that, that like that Joe Johnson move was clutch. I, I think like that so. dude ISO Joe is an yeah. is an animal. I, I think and he he's he's definitely a playoff performer, so we know that. Um I, I kinda I kind of agree, you know, a little bit with the scary thing is uh you, you can you can score in bunches, right? I think the scary thing is if Houston tries to I think they're gonna play with fire if they try to play the scoring game with Golden State. And just and just because Golden State at the end of the day, they're gonna come out and they're gonna lock in when playoff time comes. Kevin Durant's improved defensively. You know, you're looking at Draymond Green, defensive player of the year. Um, you know, they, they can come and bring it. They can play some defense. Um, so I think if you're trying to play with fire and outscore, go and say, you, you better hit those three-pointers. Like, you're, you know, like there's no other game that you've ever, you know, played in your life because that's what they're going to have to do to beat them. Um, I mean, Houston's been playing pretty decent um, defense this year. Golden State, they moved the ball a lot. And you can kind of see it when they, you know, played each other. It's just the ball movement. But Houston, they're kind of talking. These guys are really, like, locked in with each other. Everyone's really focused, helping out. You know, it, it's kind of like they're just playing with a purpose. And you could just tell that they they want to win by any means. Um, and it's, like I said, I just want to see how Capella is just going to hold up down there you know, going all those games, possibly seven games. But I feel like with Joe Johnson coming in, that's good for Trevor Ariza. So he gets to kind of focus on guarding Durant if it has to go seven games. And then, you know, you have someone that can come in, you can kind of get a break. So I feel like Houston definitely has a chance. They have something to play for with the city and everything that they've been through. So I feel like that's another motivation just for everybody. So we'll see. Yeah, I will say this. I think Houston has the greatest chance right now from what we've we've seen in the on the regular season. Um, you know, there's always San Antonio, but you know, uh, don't matter how suspect that team is, especially when you know you're pretty good without Kawhi Leonard. Um, I, I'm really glad to see Minnesota in the top four, and you know, Demar, we've had so many conversations about the Timberwolves and where they're really at, um, in the season. But I think that they're at a good point right now for the expectations that we've kind of set. Top four in the Western Conference. Um, you know, Golden State, or sorry, excuse me, Oklahoma City's kind of underperformed from what we thought, you know, they were going to be at this point in the season. Um, so I, you know, I think, shout out to Minnesota, honestly. I think I'll, I'll, give, I'll give them some kudos on this one. Are they at that level, though, where they're hanging around in the Houston Golden State? Nah, I don't think so. I think it's definitely a Golden State, Houston, um, you know, one, two punch there, and then everybody else kind of falls below them. Um, unless the Thunder kind of show up and, and prove something different in the second half, uh, you know they've clearly shown that they've, they've got some athleticism uh, to defend. Um, but kind of, they, you know, they they kind of sort of figured it out, and we, we had so many conversations about them figuring it out. Um, a shout out to the Utah Jazz, eleven straight wins. They are hanging around in ten spot now, so they can be a little shoe in there if you know New Orleans and then like, the Clippers kind of digress a little bit. I love, I love. I love Donovan Mitchell. Like, I love him so much. That guy balls. Him and Tony Rozier, like those Louisville boys, man, straight up. Like, for me as like a, a guy who loves basketball and I watch and I and like I play, nothing's greater than when you can see a guy night one and now you see him with 30 games left in the season and you see how much he's grown and how much he's matured. And Man, Rick Pitino has to be extremely happy for his, you know, guys. I mean, Tony Rozier is like 
I love that guy. He's probably like my favorite player in the NBA right now. I don't know why. I, I like, I'm like I'm like obsessed with Tony Rose here. Every single time yeah, Boston's on. Yeah, you. Oh, for real? Is he? Is he? No, I'm. I want that to happen. I don't. Oh, 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 I was like, what? What? Oh, yeah, man. I love that guy. I mean, I love players who really, really work hard, and you can tell that he's busting his ass night in and night out. Even like even on like a bad shooting night, or even when he doesn't, you know, get all of his shots and whatnot, you can still see that his motor's still running. So. Shout out to Utah. Hopefully they can make it into the playoffs. I would love to see, you know, Donovan Mitchell, uh, you know, and them playing it in a series against Houston or against Golden State. I think it just would be great basketball to see Donovan Mitchell destroy Seth Curry uh, <laughs> like night after night in the playoffs. I think that would be amazing. All right, let's bring it back over to the uh, east side of things here. Um, Toronto is currently sitting at the first spot, 41-16. and 16. They've won seven straight games, 9-1 in their last 10. Uh, and then Boston looks just, they were a little bit struggling a little bit before the break. They have lost three straight games, uh, five and five in their last 10. Um, and then your boy, DeMario, uh, LeBron got a new team. He's won four straight games. Um, three of them with the new roster or at least post trade deadline. Um, uh, it's really not too late for the Cavaliers to make a run and take the top spot. Um, you know, they're, Two games behind, excuse me, they're actually four and a half games behind the two spot, eh, you know, depending on if, how Boston trends the rest of the season. Um, but, but honestly, how do we look at the Eastern Conference at this point? Um, I mean, it's, it's a little bit uh, unexpected with Toronto. I, I, I want to say unexpected only because I, we kind of assumed, again, uh, it's either a Boston or Cleveland, you know, one or two punch, right? Or would you say that the East is a little bit more open? I think um, the Raptors are going to give the Cavs a bigger fight than ever, more than they, because I feel like with the, with LeBron not having Kyrie come, going up against the Raptors, it's going to be a different situation. Only because the Raptors, they're a very good defensive team. Like they have played some of the best teams and, you know, they've shut out all teams pretty much night in and even on, on back-to-back nights, you know, they have done that. So I feel like, with Cleveland not having LeBron, yes, they got four good players. Some guys never even played in the playoffs before. Um, but I feel like if the Raptors really, they can really give Cleveland a fight if, if they, you know, go for it. There's a difference between regular season and playoffs. And the Raptors year after year fell in the playoffs. I, I won't believe in t- them until they do something come playoff time. I feel like every year uh, – since forever it's always been like the Atlanta Hawks you know they're going to beat Cleveland and last year the Raptors or this year until somebody defeats LeBron in the east it's going to be hard to bet against them I do like the Raptors defense I do like their length they kind of again they remind me of like that OKC that Houston when they have like they play positionless basketball but, but it's going to come Kyle down Lowry, yeah Kyle Lowry, he, he he goes like MIA in the playoffs. Exactly. And it's going to come down to him. He's going to be a difference maker without Kyrie Irvin. If Kyle Lowry wants to win and move on to the next level, just like you say, yeah, you know, every, every year the Raptors are that one, two, their top three team in the East. And we know they're going to make it, but you know, first, second round, they show a completely different team. And a lot of that has to do with Kyle Lowry. Yeah. I mean, he just doesn't step up consistently to, get to that next level i have no idea why toronto gave him all that money i mean he's I, a good I mean he he this year he can definitely take advantage especially with the boston team that doesn't have uh gordon haywood where you know what they're they're really gonna do i feel like if he wants to you know this is his year to kind of make a difference and change that yeah i totally agree with I, that see and that's the thing about toronto just to kind of echo what you said tomorrow it's like i i i, I want to see it I want to believe it, but I can't until the playoffs happen and Kyle Lowry decides to actually be able to shoot the ball in the playoffs well. Uh, and, you know, the Rosen's kind of been uh, what they've been. Uh, he's been kind of carrying the monkey, I guess you could say, in some of the series there. Uh, you know, not to not to cut Lowry's fault, he was injured part of the series against Cleveland last year um, in the semifinals. Um, but, yeah, it's trying to expect him to kind of have a better bounce-back year. And I think he's doing that pretty okay this year. Uh, but yeah, you're you're right, Shannon. In the point of you know, Gordon Hayward's not there in Boston, so that this might be that window of opportunity for Toronto to kind of really take that next step. I you got to you spent so many years as you know a bottom seed. Uh, you kind of worked your way up, and of course you got to go up against LeBron James. So you know it's not the easiest of um you know task here, but 
uh, I, I don't know. I got I got to wait till playoffs times to believe in Toronto. Uh, I mean, and and then a team like Miami, that's my sleeper team. That a lot of people, Miami is like the little snake team. You know, no one's really given that much attention, but they're gonna kind of like wake a lot of people up come playoff time. I really think they should make the playoffs um, if they keep, you know, playing consistently. They can definitely score a lot. They're very young, have a lot of young guards and white side. Hopefully he can, you know, be healthy come playoff time. But I really like Miami. I like what Pat Riley is doing down there. And that team, they're very young and they're, you know, they're doing a good job down there. I like Miami. Yeah, um, they're actually eighth place in the East right now. Um, and Slowly but surely, Detroit is only about two and a half games behind them right now in the standing. So, you know, with the Blake Griffin addition there and, you know, Andre Drummond. And um, I'm not sure what the word is on Reggie Jackson, if he, if he's able to come back at all this year. Um, but that, that would be great for them, to, you know, make a little final playoff push there if needed. Bold statement. Bold, like super bold statement. If Detroit plays in the first round against Toronto or Boston, I can see them win. <laughs> I, I, I was just gonna make I, that. I can see them winning. I, I, can I, easily, I kind of agree. I can easily see them. People, the whole world is gonna see. I had the opportunity of watching Blake Griffin his entire career here at the Clippers, like season ticket holder for like a million years. My friends work over there, always give me tickets. And Blake is a really, really, really good player. And a lot of people are gonna see how good this guy is, especially playing on alongside with Drummond. But I just think that having that one-two punch. Prior to Cleveland making these moves, remember, I think we discussed it, I think, last week or something. And then two days later, Detroit ended up beating Cleveland. Detroit, that inside presence with Blake and Drummond is really dangerous. And I think if Reggie can come back and they can have Ish Smith play, and if they can get something out of the bust that is Stanley Johnson, I think there'll be a really, really hard first round, like really hard out in the first round. I mean, I think even given all of that, I don't – feel like they have enough guys on the outside when you have two guys like that that can you know have a strong inside presence and Drummond and and Griffin I feel like those guys outside need to be consistent scorers and shooters to get those make the and that's what's been for the past four three out of four games to end the first half of the season the choice has been struggling with even a game in Atlanta that they were up the whole game and they lost to Atlanta, the worst team in the East. So it's it's little things with them. Stan Van Gundy pretty much traded his offense to get Blake Griffin. So, I mean, this year people can't put and have a lot of expectations on this Pistons team because they don't have everything of what I think he's trying to do right now. So I, I don't really like the guys on the outside because you don't know what you're going to get from Stanley Johnson. Some games he gives you 20. Oh, don't get me started on him. That dude is the. So it, it's a lot. And then in the East where you have young players that can score, you know, they have to be able to keep up. Blake Griffin and Drummond, they're going to, you know, coaches are going to be prepared for that every night. Who's going to be the next guys to make that shot or to, you know, step up to kind of like take things. And that's why they lost to the Clippers because, I feel like Pistons were the bigger team, but, you know, the Clippers had more scores, and that's what's going to keep Detroit from really, really being great is those guys on the outside. Are they going to be consistent? Reggie Jackson Jackson has to come back and ball. And that's what I'm saying. I think they definitely need Reggie back in in the lineup here because, you know, even now, you know, looking at the roster, Shannon brings up a good point. It's like, you know, looking at their guards, I'm like, besides Ish Smith and Reggie Jackson, you do have James Ennis the third. Uh, I like Reggie, Reggie Bullock. Bullock. Yeah, I like Reggie Bullock. I mean, he can shoot the three. Langston uh, Galloway. Uh, yeah, I mean, this team kind of reminds me of the Pelicans before before uh, Boogie got hurt. But I was just was like the reason why I was saying uh, this is because Boston. They really, I mean, besides like Al Horford, you know, they really don't have like that big man presence. And like the same thing with Toronto. Besides like you know Valanciunas, you know. For some reason, Ibaka's no longer a big man. He's shooting. I, I watched Ibaka's game, and I'm like, dude, what the hell are you doing out there? Like, you're not that player. Why are you Why are you pulling up like Ben Gordon at UConn? Like, it's just been so – I mean, it's just weird when you see a player. I mean, you know, I feel like he could really dominate the inside with his length and his size, but instead he's shooting these terrible three-pointers. So I just think that with like a Blake and like a Drummond – you know, especially like, you know, in like that series, you know, they can come in and they can shock some teams. Will I put money on it? Probably not, but it wouldn't surprise me. Absolutely. Well, uh, we will see what happens here in the last few couple months of the NBA season. 
And uh, that's going to wrap our show up today. So, uh, Shannon, as always, one of the things that we always do is uh, we give shout outs at the end of the show to whoever you want to, your dog, mom, whoever. Um, James Harden for MVP. That's it. This that's, is his that's year. It? Wow. This okay. He's gonna get a, a ring MVP. James Harden for president. Okay. Fear the beard. <laughs> wasting no time, Demario, with the shout out. <laughs> no, I mean I'm 100. I'm backing that James Harden campaign. Uh, I I want Houston to win the championship. You know, as well. I want Cleveland to lose in the first round. I don't want Bron to lose another title. Like I want, I want, I want Bron to, I want Bron, uh, you know. No, LeBron, my shout out. Bron needs to come down to Houston. That would be the best move of his career. Just either to- there or San Antonio, like straight up, like one hundred percent. My shout outs to Yankee baseball. My boys, my boys are back. Seeing my boy Judge, seeing my boy Stanton, D.D. Bird, oh, Torres, boy. the whole crew. I'm really, really excited. No lie, the next girl who I date has to just know from here until further notice, like, she is my number two, like, straight up. Like, Yankee baseball is back. This is all I care about. This is all I've been wanting since we lost to Houston in Game 7. I am already an emotional wreck for this season, already having anxiety attacks, already having, like, just the Sunday (laughs) scaries on Monday. But, no, I'm hyped. Baseball is back. Uh, Chicks dig the long ball. March Madness is right around the corner. Thank you for coming on to the episode today. It it was a breath of fresh air to have you on discussing. Thank uh, you guys for having me. Like, seriously, straight up incredible. I can't wait. I'm already hyped for next week for the next one. And, <laughs> yeah, that's all I have. Absolutely. Well, all right, cool. Thank you guys so much again for joining us again. Shooter Pass Podcast. Follow us at Baseline Times on Twitter. Peace. Peace.